Presenting Cary Grant and Betsy Drake as Mr. and Mrs. Blanding in a new series based on Eric Hodgins' best-selling novels, Mr. Blanding Builds His Dream House and Blanding's Way. Mr. and Mrs. Blanding, starring Cary Grant and Betsy Drake. Jim and Muriel Blandings always tried to be good parents to their two children, Susan and Joan. They've read books on child care, and they've attended lectures on child care. And from their wealth of experience, they have learned one thing, which, as Jim Blandings puts it, is child psychology is the answer. Child psychology is proven. Child psychology is tested. Our children always use child psychology. And we're the best-trained parents in town. <laughs> Muriel is well-trained, too. And so it was with quiet competence that she met the situation last night when her nine-year-old daughter, Susan, appeared and said, I won't be home for dinner tonight, Mother. No? Why not, dear? I'm going to run away and get married. <laughs> Susan, you can't do that. This is a school night. <laughs> now, now go wash your face. Mother, look at this article. Let's see. Um, the girls of today should prepare to become the mothers of tomorrow. Well, that's true, isn't it? Yes. As a matter of fact, if they don't, I wouldn't know who to tell to get ready. <laughs> but still, I say you're too young. What's that noise outside? Oh, well, that must be Johnny now. Hi, Johnny. coming down to have a talk with you. Uh-oh. And you stay right here, young lady. I'll talk with you later. Hello, darling. Jim, I didn't know you were home yet. Just walked in the door. Well, you better walk right back out again. You have a fatherly duty to perform. Oh? Johnny Miller is waiting outside to elope with Susan. Johnny Miller and Susan? Muriel, have you been nipping at the raspberry cordial? <laughs> Look out that side window. All right. Great start. He's putting up a ladder. You see, he could slip and come smashing to the ground. With my good ladder. <laughs> yes, and carrying one of your best daughters. Mm. I'll bring him in for a talk right away. <laughs> Well, oh, Johnny, it seems like a good time for a man-to-man talk. Man-to-man? Gee, thanks. Don't mention it. And try to keep your voice from changing. <laughs> uh, sit right here, my boy. Yes, sir. Cigar? Not right now, thank you. A drink, perhaps. Anything you say. Coke is my drink. Mixer? Straight. Good boy. <laughs> Royal, two fingers of Coke. Neat. Now, uh, uh, you want to marry my daughter, eh? Well, I guess so, sir. You guess so? It's something to do. Yes, at the end. So you decided to take Susan for your wife, eh? Yes, sir. It was either her or Agnes. And Agnes wears bands. How's that? A fellow wouldn't want a girl who has her teeth wired in. 
Of course not. Of course not. She might rust. Now, look, Johnny, don't you think Susan might be a little young for marriage? She's only nine. That's the right time. Get them while they're like putty in your hand. Because I remember I had somewhat the same idea. Because my wife was 20 when I married her. That's okay for you. Personally, I wouldn't take a chance on an old maid. I was in no position to shop around. Johnny, I hate to intrude with mundane matters, but wives have a nasty habit. They expect husbands to provide them with little luxuries like shoes. Oh, Susan has shoes. I've noticed. Not very observing. Now, supposing you're married to her. Those shoes wear out. She's got to have new ones. Then what do you do? We just have a fight about it. I see. <laughs> then she goes home to her mother and dad. Yeah? While she's there, she has them buy a new pair of shoes. <laughs> You've got the situation pretty well figured out, haven't you? Sure. I know these things. I listen to the radio. That's how John does it to his other wife. <laughs> now, Johnny, I'm afraid we can't permit Susan to be your other wife. No? No, I'm sorry, but I think it's best that you wait until you're both a little older. I want you to finish grammar school and high school and college. And finally, when you have a fine job with the future, come back and we'll have another talk. Can you give me another Coke? I'll put one in the icebox now so it'll be cold. <laughs> okay, it's the deal. Shake. Shake. I hope the steak is all right. It's fine, Maud. Well, eat slow. At the price the butcher charged for that steak, you can't afford to swallow fast. <laughs> price control. <laughs> you, know, you know, something's got to be done about Susan. No, Jim, Susan's just going through a phase. Think back. Didn't you have any young loves? What, at the age of nine? Well, hardly. No interest in the opposite sex? Well, at that stage, the only thing I knew about sex was that they came out to five. <laughs> well, so I, I, uh, I admit, I, uh, I did follow one girl home from school. But that was only to see the billy goat she had in the backyard. And to think I was flattered when you courted me. Yes, yes. Well, eat your dinner and don't worry about Johnny and Susan. It's not serious. Not serious? Muriel, imagine what the neighbors would think of us if those two had run off. What kind of parents would have a nine-year-old daughter running off to get married? Move over, Lemmy. You're standing on Grandpa. Muriel. <laughs> no, by heck, it's Grandma. Hard to tell. They're both wearing the same color flower sack. <laughs> Were you calling me, Mrs. Landing? Yup, Emmy Lou. Bring in the corn squeezins and a char tobacco. <laughs> what? Maud, that is Mrs. Blanding's bucolic way of suggesting that you may serve the coffee and cigarettes. Uh, yes, Mr. Blanding. Oh, Maud, have you looked in at Susan? Oh, yes. She's lying there in bed with the sweetest, most innocent smile on her face. Fell sound asleep listening to that radio program, Gruesome Murder Tales. <laughs> I'll get the coffee. That's it, Muriel. That's what, dear? Well, that's the trouble with Susan and all her friends. All the kids know today they learn from soap operas and jazz records and television. Well, you might say that their brain food is all canned. <laughs> There's some truth to that. Of course, they go to school. Well, school's fine, but, but it was after school that we lived. Games, hiking, camping. 
Muriel, let's get Susan started in the Girl Scouts tomorrow. Well, Jim, there aren't any Girl Scout groups in Lansdale. All right, then the campfire girls. No campfire girls, no bluebirds, not even any Boy Scouts. If you want a good deed done, you have to send to New Haven. Well, that's going to be changed. I've got a good mind to bring it up before the civic committee meeting tonight. What? And interrupt their poker game? Before it starts. I'll get up before them and I'll say, Gentlemen, the trouble with our modern children is that their knowledge of the world is gained from soap operas and jazz records and television. Their, their, uh, what was that phrase I used? I thought it was rather clever at the time, wasn't it? Oh, yes, oh, yes. The one that goes, um, their brain food is all canned. Shall I write it down? Oh, no need for that. I'll think of something to say on the spur of the moment. <laughs> this meeting of the Lansdale Civic Committee is now in session. Charlie Smoot will read the minutes of the last meeting. A uh, uh, meeting was called to order at 8 5. Mayor Cronk presided, and Fire Chief Gibbons banked the poker game. Business discussed was the purchase of a new flagpole for the school, a cash settlement of the Whitty Hickey's claim, and the motion was passed to send flour to the late Edgar Yates, city exterminator who exterminated himself. <laughs> the meeting broke up promptly at 10.30 when the ace of spades fell out of Constable Arquette's sleeve. I did. So did we. Tonight you're playing your undershirt. I just got to blame Myrna. Yeah, I sure order, order. Let's get the business over yeah. so we can get to the poker game. Mr. Mayor, there's a serious matter I'd like to bring up. Have to wait your turn, Mr. Blanding. First of all, we'll have the treasurer's report. Go ahead, treasurer. Uh, <clears throat> gentlemen. <coughs> Balance in our city treasury is approximately... <coughs> $126.42. Uh, depending. Depending on what? Depending on how I do in the poker game tonight. <laughs> Great balls of fire. You mean to say you're using city funds to play poker? Uh, I didn't mean to say any such thing. Oh. Just slipped out. <laughs> as long as the treasure's here, I'd like to bring up an item. The city's got to be getting me a new uniform. Well, what's the matter with the old one? Yeah. What's the matter? Just take a look at the seat of these pants. Hey, they are wearing kind of thin. Thin? For me, every little breeze does more than whisper Louise. <laughs> all right, all right, Constable. We'll see what we can do. Mm. Now let's get to the poker game. I beg your pardon, Mayor. There's a matter I'd like to bring up before this meeting. Okay, but you're holding up the game. <laughs> Gentlemen... You are the civic fathers of this community. What are you going to do about children? Keep having them. <laughs> now that's settled, let's get started. I'll stack the chips. Twenty whites, ten reds, five blues. Gentlemen, please. This is a serious problem, a matter of deep concern to each and every one of you. Do you know what we urgently need? Two more blue chips. Right, two more. <laughs> no. Not two more blue chips. There is a crying need in this community for organized recreation for our children. We don't have a single youth organization, no supervised play, no program for carrying on this all-important work. That's true. All children know today they learn from soap operas, jazz records, and television. Why, you might say... Yeah, you might say all their brain food is canned. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, eh? Mr. Blandings, I'm sure you were about to make a point. But what is it? 
Just this, Mayor Cron. I think we in this community should do something for our children. Well, Mr. Blendings and me, you have an ally. Good. <laughs> then I'm sure you will support my proposition, which is that we appoint someone to institute a youth program to, well, for example, to conduct weekly nature trips. Hikes into the woods, that sort of thing. Mr. Blanding, that's a beautiful thought. Mm. I do support your proposition. Nay, I go further. I propose that you be that person. Good. Me? <laughs> hey, you can't do this to me. Anyone second the motion? Second. But you can't do this to me. All in favor say aye. Aye. Motion carried. Congratulations, Mr. Blanding. And cut for the deal. You did it to me. Cut for <laughs> the second act of Mr. and Mrs. Blanding, starring Cary Grant and Betsy Drake. Well, it's happened again. Jim Blandings has deftly and efficiently put his foot in his mouth. Last night at the Lansdale Civic Committee meeting, Jim suggested, in a loud, clear voice, that somebody should conduct a program of nature trips for the children of the town. The committee quickly agreed that somebody should, and unanimously appointed Jim to the role of somebody. And so now we find Jim, keenly aware of his civic duties and responsibilities, doing what any red-blooded American citizen would do, trying to figure a way out. <laughs> Let's join him at the breakfast table with Muriel. But I, uh, I could say I broke my arm, or my leg, or maybe I can have the measles. Yeah, I could paint spots on my face. Oh, now, really, Jim? More coffee, Mr. Blanding? Oh, that's an idea, Ma. Drown me in it. <laughs> oh, Mr. Blandings, I saw your name in the paper. You were right between handy hints and the obituaries. Tomorrow I may move over. <laughs> you told all about how you was going to take all the kids on a big hike. Jim, I don't see... Oh, the phone. I'll get it. I don't see how you can get out of it, dear. It's printed in the paper. I'll simply call the mayor and tell him I'm out of town on a business trip. But it's your idea. You can't walk out. I'll take a plane. Uh, Mr. Blanding, hmm? it's a Mrs. Libby on the phone. She so, wants to know if her son Stanley can go on the hike. There isn't going to be any hike. Tell her, uh, tell her I broke my toe. You broke your toe? On his way to the plane while painting on spots for his measles. Oh, that's not funny. Oh, Daddy. Daddy, it's so wonderful about you taking us on the hike. Oh, now, Susan, the hike isn't so much. Oh, but it is. All the kids are talking about it. They all wish they had a wonderful daddy like you. Hmm. They do? Well. <laughs> Golly, there isn't another daddy in town who even thinks of such good things. Well, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, what do you think, Muriel? I think a plane load of measles just came in for a landing. Well, after all, I did agree to go. Of course, dear, and don't worry. I'll be at home preparing a hot mustard bath for your feet. Oh, but you can't be home, Mother. I can't? Oh, no, I told Janie's mother you were coming to look after the girls. Oh. Care to borrow a slightly used measles? <laughs> For a time, I 
everybody off. We'll rest here. Say, that certainly is a fine marching song. It's corny. It's what? Cornball. Strictly for the icks. Hmm. And what would a non-ick like yourself suggest? Something not like, wham, bam, alakazam, orange garlic sky. Oh, oh, isn't Johnny wonderful? Oh, he's real gone. Not far enough. <laughs> I'm hungry. Here's a sandwich, Janie. Well, now, if you will gather around me, we will have a class in knot time. Now, would you hand me that rope, Muriel? Here you are. Thank you. Now, pay attention, boys and girls. I'm going to show you the clove hitch. Hmm. A very useful knot, isn't it, Muriel? Oh, yes, I've used it I don't know how many times. When hitching clothes. Uh, <laughs> all right. On with the lesson. Now, now, first you take a rope. Bend one end around an object, for instance, my wrist in this fashion. Then you pass the first end through the loop like this and take the other end under and, and over the first end like this and then... Uh... Yes, dear? Well, then if someone will kindly untangle me, we'll be on our way. <laughs> Is that one? Hold it, everyone. Ah, that tree, Susan? Oh, yes, Daddy. Why, that, Susan, happens to be a, uh, a, uh, spruce. A spruce? Hmm. Well, it doesn't look like the one in our yard. Oh, well, this is a very unusual species of spruce. <laughs> yes, it has maple leaves on it. <laughs> oh, that's the tree you meant. What? <laughs> what? Quiet, everyone. Listen to that bird. Now, who can identify that bird call? I think it's the robin. I think it's a thrush. I think I'm hungry. <laughs> Here's a banana, Janie. Mm, fine students of nature. That was obviously the call of the Baltimore Oriole. <laughs> hey, students! Look at me! I'm turned! Oh! <laughs> like Tarzan's mother. <laughs> Jim, get him down from there. Stanley, come down from there. Ah! Uh, ah! <laughs> Stan, I said come down. Now, if you do, I'll show you how to make a fire by rubbing two sticks together. What? I'll make a fire by rubbing two sticks together. The really realest fire you ever saw. Oh, boy, then we can cook something on it. I'm hungry. <laughs> Here's a candy bar, Jamie. Okay, here I am. What can you do your stuff? Very well. <clears throat> now, I uh, simply take two sticks like this, and then I rub them together like this. Uh. Well, naturally, it doesn't work the first time. Natch. So I rub them even harder the second time, like this. Mm-hmm. Then I rub them again, like this. Oh. Well, now the sticks are warm, we like them with a match. Holy mackerel, what a character. Uh, come on, everybody, on with the march.
Jim, I think we really should be getting back. It's almost night time, you know. Hmm? Well, why so it is. I hope we can find our way. Me too. I'm hungry. <laughs> Here's an orange, Janie. Well, now, don't you worry your little heads about that. When you're with old Daniel Blandings, there's absolutely no problem. You see, I used an old scouting trick. What's that, Jim? Well, I, I don't know if you noticed it or not, Muriel, but I've been dropping bits of paper along the way. All we do to get back is follow them. Clever, huh? Yes, but I haven't noticed any bits of paper. He probably means these. <laughs> I've been picking them up. But great Scott, Stanley, do you realize what this means? This means that we're... That we're... Is lost the word you're groping for? Yeah. Come on. Hey, stop, stop, stop! I can't go on! Stanley, what's the matter? I just did my shoe! What is it? My foot! You look behind you, you may find my hand. Now, come on. Are you sure we shouldn't just stop and wait for help or something? Of course not. We're making headway. Look, I swear there's something familiar about that tree. Yes, it's got leaves on it. <laughs> oh, it's the spruce tree with a maple leaf. Jim, it is. Good heavens, we must be going around in a circle. Now, don't get panicky. I'm scared. Me too. But there's nothing to be frightened of. Now, look at me. I'm not worried. It isn't as though there were wild beasts lurking in the trees and bushes out there. <laughs> what was that? Stanley, get on his toe. Oh. Johnny, if you don't... don't... Listen. Run to the trees. That is an animal. Oh, Jim, listen. Voices. Huh? Oh, yes. Thank heavens, I think they're Americans. <laughs> hey, fellas, over here. <laughs> it's Constable Arquette with the search party. Well, howdy, folks. Hello. Oh, 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 oh. Constable, am I glad to see you. Why, you're here with a search party almost before we got lost. Mr. Blanding, the Red Cross don't wait till the dams bust before they get ready. <laughs> yeah, the night you said you were leading this hike, I started wrinkling up my nose like a bloodhound. But how in the world were you able to find this way out here? Just followed the trail. What trail? Sandwich papers, banana peels, candy wrappers, orange peels. Janie, your stomach saved us. Janie, do you hear? I'm hungry. children are up in bed asleep. I want you to promise me that you'll never take them on another hike. Don't worry. I feel as if I've walked a million miles. I'm dead. The next time I take the kids on a trip, it's going to be aboard a TWA Constellation. That's the only way to travel. Sounds good to me. And you know, children under 12 travel at half fare on TWA. <laughs> and babies under 2 go for nothing. And besides that, the pilot always knows where they're going. You talked me into it. Where will we go? I know a good place. Where? To bed. My feet are killing me. <laughs> Good night, dear. Good night, everybody. 